Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 118, what the ratio 50 to 11 million can show you about what you think and feel. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Changeable. It is a real welcome back for me because um, even though you you maybe just find these episodes pop up on your iTunes every Monday by magic, uh, it doesn't happen by magic on my end. <laughs> and I haven't podcasted in quite a while, actually, on my end. I haven't recorded in a while. Um, I tend to I tend to go in spurts where I record, I don't know, four or five, if I'm lucky, episodes in like a week's time. Um, and then I don't think about it for a month. And then I'm like, oh, I have nothing coming up. So uh, I've been busy uh, filling up the little school of big change for one. We had our very first, as I record this, we had our first group call just a couple hours ago. And oh my gosh, I love it so much. I have to really hold myself back because um, I don't want to look ridiculous, but I'm just so excited joining these calls, like leading these calls. The calls with those students are I, I always say this, but honestly, it's like my favorite thing to do. I just love sharing this with with people who are brand new to it and watching what opens up for them and taking their questions. And early on, you know, the questions are so different than they're going to be two weeks from now and four weeks from now and six weeks from now. So it's so exciting. And a couple of their questions were the inspiration for uh, for what I'm going to talk about here in this episode. So anyway, I, um, yeah, it's been a break for me because I've been um, working on, you know, the launch for the school, getting the school started and also finishing up my book. And I'm not finished, but I'm finished with an entire draft of the whole thing, which is pretty exciting. And it's, it's you know, it's a draft in decent shape. It's going to still need some work, but um, there's a lot of work done and I, I kind of like how it's turning out. So so that's what I've been doing. Um, and so along with that, on this episode, I saw this, uh, I saw this stat that I was writing about that said, our brain processes 11 million bits of information per second. 11 million bits per second. And we are consciously aware of about 50 bits. So think about that ratio for a minute, 50 to 11 million. So there's a lot, a lot going on, 11 million bits worth of stuff that we're taking in from our senses that our brain is doing, like there's just so much information and it's making its way through the machine of us. So our brain and our body and all of that, however that processing in a physical way takes place, it's happening in a big way, 11 billion bits. And we just just think about that ratio. We're aware of such a teeny, teeny, tiny fraction of what's actually there. Now, why is this important? Because it's important for a lot of reasons, but what I just love 
about what we talk about here and exploring all this, you know, one of the huge takeaways from everything we talk about, especially when it comes to how our how our mind is biased and it kind of tricks us and we we feel our own separate realities, our own versions of reality. And our thinking is always changing and it often contradicts thinking we had two seconds ago and all of that good stuff. Like we can hear that in a way that's like, oh man, we're not very reliable. Our, our brain isn't even consistent. Like what is this, this craziness we're living within? But I don't hear it that way at all. I think it's like incredible freedom, incredible freedom. Like what what we start to see, the more we explore how our moment-to-moment experience works, not who we are, but how this experience moves through us and works, is just how crazy, like, biased, yes, but that's not even nearly a strong enough word, how incomplete it is, how arbitrary, arbitrary it is in many cases, how kind of random it is how old it is, how old our experience. You know, if we take in, in each and every moment from the world around us, from within us, 11 million bits of information and we're aware of 50, not 50 million, 50, five zero, how does our brain choose which 50 to show us? It's an interesting question, isn't it? Like, like, where do the 50 come from? Are we just rolling, like rolling the dice, 11 million dice and, and 50 are going to pop out? It can't be completely, completely random. Our brain is, is such an efficient, such a logical in its own way machine. It knows what it's doing. And it's all about protecting us and saving us and helping us and helping us feel like we know what's coming and not using a whole lot of energy. So it's very invested in not new. It's very invested in what it already knows. And so you have to you have to see that like the 50, 50 bits of information out of the 11 million that's being brought to life within us are, are in many cases, not always, but in many cases, probably pretty old, probably pretty practiced, pretty familiar. Um, we know that they tend to be pretty negative. That doesn't mean the world's a, a horrible place. That doesn't mean we're negative people. That's how our brain filters things. It, it has a very strong negativity bias because it's looking to to look out for what might possibly go wrong and protect us from that. So we're taking in all kinds of amazing stuff and 50 bits, uh, whatever a bit is, <laughs> I don't know, by the way, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, 50 bits of the more familiar, uh, probably negative, old, uh, consistent with how we see things already type of stuff is popping out as our reality. And what do we do? We walk around and say, oh, here's life. See, this is how I see it. So that's how it is. Here's reality. Yep. See, I can look and show you right here. And we can always confirm what we what we believe and see and all of that. Of course we can, because our mind will just spit out a, another 50 bits in the next second that confirm what we're already thinking about and our, our beliefs and our theories about how things already work. So it's a constant confirmation bias, but it's so cool to see 50 
to a hundred or to sorry to eleven million. 50 to 11 million. Think about that ratio. And we think we know anything. <laughs> you know, we, we know nothing. Our, our view of life is nothing compared to what it really is, whatever that even is. Like, it's just, it's just crazy. It's just mind-blowing to look at that and, and think about how it works in that way. So in our brain's quest for certainty so that it can um, predict the future, figure out what might happen, not what's real, what's happening, but what might happen so that we can prevent scary things and big surprises in the future and keep us alive as long as possible. It's, it's always looking for clues, like what's important here? Of the 11 million bits of information, what, what are the 50 that should pop out? Like what's, what's important? What do I need? And one of the markers, one of the little clues that it looks for, oh, I'm I'm just saying this as an illustration, by the way. So please don't take me on like scientific uh, technical detail here. <laughs> it's just a just an illustration to kind of get a feel for how this works. So but but we do know that one thing that the brain kind of that that makes something more likely to come up over and over in the brain is when it's given a ton of attention and and really emotion is a huge thing. So when we, and those two go hand in hand, obviously, if something is, has, is high emotion, positive or negative emotion, but especially negative, it's going to be remembered. Our brain is going to remember it. It's going to think this is important and we better replay this and we better work it out and we better, better figure out what this all means. So um, on today's call, our first call with the new group, so many amazing shares and so, so much I just love it so much. So, so many, such a variety of different things that people are coming with and seeing and not quite seeing. Um, But as there always is, there's a few people in the school, quite a few people in the school with um, something that they call OCD, something in that family, right? Intrusive thoughts or just obsessions or whatever, Um, which, which, you know, we know is thinking, not unlike any other thinking, except it feels very unlike other thinking. Our mind tells us that it's different and it's truer. And even when we know it isn't true, it still feels terrifying physically, emotionally. So we get very caught up in these thoughts. So someone shared, I'm going to change the details to protect them, even though I won't say their name anyway. Um, But he works in a situation where um, if he makes a mistake at work, people could be at risk. Now, that could be any profession. It could be, it's probably most of us to some degree, right? If you make a mistake, someone could be hurt. That's, that probably describes most of our, our lines of work. Um, and he has a lot of obsessive, compulsive thoughts about this. And it comes down to one little specific what-if thought that he was talking about. And as he's sharing, you know, he knows it's not logical. His concerns are are you know, no one else in his in his profession in the same situation would have those concerns and say, yes, this is a logical concern. So he totally gets that it's not logical or realistic in that way. He knows it's an intrusive thought or obsessive thought, whatever. Um, but when it's there, his mind jumps in and says, yeah, but this could really happen. Which again, our mind could say that about anything anything in the world. Of course, it could really happen, 
but it isn't happening. And that's all that matters. Anything could really happen. And that I hear that all the time when people have these thoughts and they say, well, yeah, but it could really happen. That's just a way that our mind wants to come in and just bolster that story. No, but it could. What if what if paying attention to this is that thing that protects you from the hyena hiding around the corner that's going to eat you? Well, yes, that made sense to the brain a couple hundred thousand years ago, but there aren't hyenas hanging around the corner anymore. And in, in our terms, in today's world, like these little what if, yeah, but it could happen. That's just how a brain talks. It's how a brain that is invested in saving you from a threat that is not actually real, but it thinks it's real. It's how it would talk. It will give you evidence. It will show you pictures. It will it will draw your attention to stories of other people that sound similar of, oh, see, this person made a mistake at work and someone got hurt on their watch. And, and it'll build this case for how real and likely it looks. And you will still say, okay, I know it's an intrusive thought. I know it's not rational, but it could really happen. And and that's just how a mind works. But so as this awesome, amazing man was sharing what he goes through and he knows so much, he knows better, right? But it still really has that grip on him. I just kept thinking about this ratio, 50 to 11 million, 50 to 11 million, because his mind was really trying to tell him that that this is real because of his work and because of this and because of that. And it's like, wow, if we could see that what we're getting is a teeny tiny biased as heck sliver of 11 million bits of information in any given second, we're getting a teeny tiny little glimpse into just a hand, not even a handful, 50 of 11 million bits of information why do we trust it so much? And we do because how does our brain, again, decide which 50 to give us? It's the 50 that have scared the crap out of us. It's the 50 that looks so real and important. And in his case, the the idea of him innocently, inadvertently hurting someone because of a mistake he made is just too much for his mind to handle. So it has to work this out for him. So when it takes in 11 million bits of information every single second, it's going to spit back out. It's going to filter out almost all of that, and it's going to spit out 50 bits that are consistent with this story just in case. And I just think about that. <laughs> think about that. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. No matter what, whether we're, we're caught up in intrusive thoughts or OCD thoughts or otherwise anxious thoughts, all the same, Um, depressed thoughts, thoughts about our habit, thoughts about herself, thoughts about how our hair looks today, thoughts about our relationships. I mean, it is just a little dip in the ocean. It's like taking a drop of water from the ocean and calling that drop of water, like that is representative of everything, which as I say it right now is probably a horrible example <laughs> because a drop of ocean may be representative of the ocean. But anyway, I didn't script this episode, okay? The metaphors don't always land. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's like taking just a, a couple thoughts, let's say 50 of them out of 11 million and saying, here's your reality. Here's your life. Deal with it. Now, 
how do you deal with it? And that was actually his question. How do I cope with this? Well, you cope with it by seeing it for what it is. You cope with it by seeing that it's not the truth. It's, it's, a, it's a really, really fuzzy, really messed up snapshot of something that's calling itself the truth. I mean, it's that far from the truth. And, you know, when, when we go on these thought trains and they're about specific things, that's where, that's where people tend to get really, really caught up. So in the, in the land of intrusive thoughts, these intrusive thoughts that people have that create so much suffering are always around the things that they are most afraid of, which just makes sense, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't care. We wouldn't pay so much attention. We wouldn't be so up in arms that our mind thought thought this thing. So it's always, maybe not always, but almost always, um, maybe it is always, really, if you think about it. Why would we have an intrusive thought about something that isn't deeply important to us? We wouldn't because we wouldn't be showering it with intent, with attention and then it wouldn't be intrusive and repetitive and habitual and haunting in the way that they are. So it's like, you know, the person that can't get out of their head the idea of something bad happening to their family, or it's some really, really unpleasant sexual thought that is just the most wrong thing in the world to that person. And that's the thing that they can't stop thinking about. It's it's always like that. The thing we are the most afraid of, the thing we are the most disgusted by, that's what tends to get feel like it's quote-unquote stuck there. And of course, it's only stuck because it's given so much emotion and so much attention. And it's only given so much emotion and so much attention because the story behind it has, has us feeling like there's something to this. Even when we're saying, I know there's nothing to this. And that's exactly how this goes. I know I would never hurt my family, but I can't get the image of hurting my family out of my head or my baby, which is like, you know, probably the most, most common intrusive thought there is. Of course you wouldn't. Of course you wouldn't. But the, but the story behind it says, well, why can't you stop thinking about it? And what if you did? And then what would happen? And it's just so big for us to see, yeah, but that's, it's a horrible, like, it, it, there's nothing to that. Of course a mind would say that. It's trying to protect you, but you wouldn't do those things and you don't want those things to happen or whatever it is you're worried about or else you wouldn't be suffering so much. You wouldn't be calling these intrusive thoughts. So just something so big in the in the 50 to 11 million bits of information to see that, yeah, we definitely feel like we get in these ruts at times where it's the same 50 even over and over. And what an amazing reminder to see, oh, you are not seeing life. None of us are. Even when when everything's beautiful and wonderful, your 50 bits are nice. Well, there's still 11 million other bits in there that we aren't even seeing. So either way, we just aren't getting the big picture, the whole picture. And see if you can feel the freedom in that. That means that anything that comes our way, we're going to feel it. We're going to live in the reality of it while it's there, present for us in that moment. And then it's going to go away and anything else could show up next. The next thought doesn't have to be a logical one that that 
follows the previous thought. It like, you know, it could be anything, anything at all. And what we are getting is just that really fuzzy snapshot representation of something calling itself reality that really, really isn't. People need support through change now more than ever. And people, maybe you, also need and want fulfilling work that allows us to make an excellent living, being able to work from anywhere in the world with anyone in the world, including working remotely, which I have to say has been pretty handy these past several months. If you want to help people end habits or find freedom from anxiety and needless worry, I can teach you how in the Change Coach Training and Certification Program. In the Change Coach Training Program, you'll spend six months immersing deeply in this new paradigm with me and with an incredible group of people that quickly become like family. You'll get to observe and debrief a ton of coaching before doing a ton of coaching yourself with support and feedback the whole way through. You'll leave the program feeling confident and ready to work with others and with the option of becoming a certified change coach. This program is really unlike any other in terms of the feedback, guidance, and support you receive the entire way through. You can check out all the details at dramyjohnson.com slash coach training. Watching people wake up to a whole new experience of life is the most fulfilling work in the world. And having steady work that you can do remotely offers huge peace of mind for you. I would really love to help you make this a reality. 